Here is your host, Benny Rabbi. Yes, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday night. It is 9.02 on the dial here at Broadcast House. I am your host, Benny Rabbi. Welcome back to The People's Truth. Episode 2. They haven't kicked us off yet, so we must be doing something right, folks. That's right, guy in the back. I hear you back there. Don't you worry, buddy. And you're going to get that voice heard, too, just like everybody else. We're going to have all kinds of great guests on the show. Tonight, we have a real special treat for you, too. We're going to have one of a very rare breed, the journalist tonight we're going to have on air with us. That's going to be a great time. Before we get into that, we're going to just kind of segue a little bit. I didn't really get into too much last show about who we are, what are we doing. And, well, I just wanted to take a second to do exactly that. So my name is Benny Rabbi, here with you on 95.9 FM WATD. I'm a producer here at the station. And uh, we decided, you know what? The people, our listeners, they're most important to us. Let's do something fun for them. Let's do something that says the truth, you know, and let's have fun doing it. So they said, Ben, what are you doing? I said, running a show. It sounds like cool. All right, here we go. And away, they're off to the races. Oh, boy. Noodles are in the pot and they're boiling, folks. The whole point is to have fun. There's so much else going on in the world out there with the negativity at this point. I just want to have fun. We're going to have a good time. We're going to be upbeat, positive. We're going to keep it real. And that's what the entire purpose of the show is. So if you start to decide that you like what you're hearing and you'd like to join us every week, that would be great. You can do that right here on 95.9 FM W. ATD. You can stream us online. You can also stream the other two great stations we have, 1510 AM WMEX, playing all the greatest hits during the day, during the night, 24-7. And we've also got some great coverage in Brockton Metro South, WBMS 101.1 FM and 1460 AM. So really can't go wrong no matter which way. If you're looking for local, if you're looking for quick, you're looking for on the spot, you need infer- accurate information, this is the place to come. And I was just telling some folks earlier, this is one of the greatest institutions of local news. In 44 years in the South Shore, we have acquired more Edward R. Murrow Awards than we have wallpaper. I mean, that's I'll stand by that, and I have the proof for it. And I've showed it to our guest tonight, who we'll bring in in just a moment. And... Uh, just, so once again, folks, if you would like to reach out, if you want to find out some more information, maybe find out how to get on the show, get your organization on the show, because we're going to be highlighting all kinds of cool things. If you've got a business you want to get on the air, if you've got some cool event that's happening online that you really want to get people's attention for, let us know. This is how information spreads, by spreading it, not like the coronavirus, like positivity. Because you, you can actually spread multiple things in a good way. It's a good thing. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at thepeoplestruth33 at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll give out the handles for that later on. Not a whole lot there yet because we're just starting. It's only episode two, folks. That geez, I tell you, but you know what? We're on our way and we're getting there. So let's, uh, on that note, bring in our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, Nate Homan. He is a good friend of the South Shore, and he's been a local his whole life, to my uh, understanding. And uh, let's bring him on now. Nate, how are you, sir? I'm well, thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Excellent. Now, we brought you on here tonight. It is Journalism Night. How is journalism keeping the truth alive here in 2020 and into the future of 2021? And a quick look at your resume, my friend. You are all about the truth. Well, it's a, it's a tough 
tough thing to sell because uh, right now, more than uh, I can uh, remember and more than I can read back on, uh, the truth has taken very much a backseat to uh, that which applies to people's emotional uh, interests and getting people rallied up, my team versus your team. And uh, the big, you know, Winston Churchill once said the uh, first casualty of war is the truth. And uh, right now, misinformation is, you know, the topic du jour. Right. Absolutely, it is. Now, Nate, you are a contributing writer for Dig Boston, as well as the Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism. Tell me a little bit about that and how you got involved in the first place. So, uh, the Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism is an investigative journalism incubator and is an actual nonprofit. It's a 501c3 that um, is the brainchild of uh, many people, but one of whom in particular I give a shout out to is my friend and mentor, Chris Ferrone. And so I started out writing for him and uh, at the Boston Phoenix in 2010 as an intern. And uh, in the spirit of DIY, uh, we just kept in touch and I've been able to uh, work in some capacity or another in journalism, either directly for him or uh, consulting him, as I said, friend and mentor. Um, and so uh, we are the only, Dig Boston is the only alternative weekly newspaper available. Um, and our goal is to get to, you know, local issues that aren't being covered by mainstream media or they aren't being covered properly. Um, but uh, truth is, the truth is what drives this. Um, it's very easy to log into social media these days and see uh, some of the most outrageous claims imaginable that have absolutely no substantial evidence behind them whatsoever, and they sell. They it, it uh, you know it spreads like wildfire. It goes viral, and um, it's madness. Well, it's tough to watch because uh, I think critical thinking has taken a back seat and it's sort of like in vitriol veritas like my team versus your team it rules the airwaves and uh, uh it's it's driven a, a very significant wedge between uh, people who probably agree on more issues than uh, one would one would think um it's tough to watch but it is uh, it's uh, Driving things by means of truth means staying, that's staying power. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's, that's kind of what, what, what caught my eye when I was doing some research. And I said, hey, wait a minute, I know somebody that's involved with these guys. That's what caused me to reach out in the first place was, hey, Dig Boston's got some great stories. They're getting out there and whether you like it, whether you don't, and you have an opinion about it, it's the truth. It's at least there for you to decide for yourself. It's not pushing that opinion. And that's what's really great about that. So before we get too, uh, too crazy off rails here, because I know I will at any given glance of a moment here, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself personally, because we know you are very involved in your craft, obviously, and uh, we're going to get in a little bit more about that. But tell me just about yourself real quick, a couple of truths that people might not know about you just at a glance. Well, everything about what I do in journalism stem from my love of uh, 
playing in the DIY uh, punk scene. And um, it basically uh, fed right into it. All I really did was look into who inspired and influenced the people that inspired me. And so as a, a you know, a worshiper of the clash, what I did was I looked into who inspired Joe Strummer. And the next thing I know, I'm reading about, you know, Jack Kerouac, William S. Burroughs, uh, Allen Ginsberg, uh, Bukowski. And I realized that there's so much power in uh, the journalism world of, of being part of uh, what they call the first draft of history. And uh, you know this because we've known each other since elementary school. Um, it, it was something that uh, being involved in this DIY uh, news newsroom was really not much different than any of the DIY uh, shows or record labels or anything that had to do with uh, making things happen, spreading a message, gaining an audience, and not having any large-scale funding or production power is all done in-house and um it's it's been a very uh, fulfilling uh career path and that fulfillment is important because uh I'm dead broke yeah right a story as old as time my friend we all are uh we're all feeling it right now in a tight economy, but you know what's really neat to see is how everybody's coming together, one way or the other. It seems like the majority of whatever it was that just hit everybody for the last few months, maybe, maybe we can start to figure it out now. Maybe we can start to get to some real concrete answers. Maybe we'll have a small part in that. Who knows? But you know, to just make stuff up as you go and use social media platforms, folks just love to do that now and. The real question is, how do we stop that? Because we can't. There really is no way to keep people from just hitting the keyboard and whatever they want. That is not true, but it's their truth at that moment for whatever particular reason. And it's a very broad term that I'm talking about here. It's confusing as that sounds as well. We'll have to re-clarify that, Nate. Um, let's, let's think about it for a second in terms of, as a journalist, what have you been able to accomplish that you set forth to way back when when you started this this journey and then what are some of the obstacles that you didn't see coming that have really either helped you grow or helped you learn a lot more about something that you didn't know about previously well uh the opportunity to be a kind of across the board writer has given me the chance to uh, talk to some of the most interesting people that the city and greater Boston area has to offer. And so uh, it would, my, my focus would span from, you know, local, either local politics. Um, a lot of like cops and courts reporting is sort of where my bread and butter began. But I also have just encountered as many fascinating people as, you know, the city can offer. So uh, out of nowhere, connections lead to more connections. And so I have uh, just like, for example, going out through the music world, there's one figure who is forever prominent, and that's Jeff Freeman, the wizard of wizard security. If anybody's ever been to a show, they've seen this five foot four 
long po- gray ponytail, knuckles covered in rings. And I said to him, you know, has anybody ever done like a, a profile on you? Has anybody written about you? And he said, no, because everybody wants to hype my job as this like violent, uh, violent figure, whereas he does, you know, public uh, crowd control. And he says, as soon as, you know, great security means nothing happens. Uh, we all have a grand old time. Um, there's been a slew of instances where I just happen to know somebody who sends me in the right direction. Um, one of the, another friend and mentor of mine who I have a story coming out on, her name's Nancy Burrell. She's a, a, a teacher in Revere, but she's also this incredible mainstay stalwart in the rock and roll world. And so she has this memoir called I'm Not Going to Hold Your Coat about being around the Boston underground rock and roll scene. And uh, she had a major role in our production of the uh, Boston venue, the channel podcast, which is another role that I just sort of landed in um, without any planning. Um, and I know that you want to get to talking about that. And uh, so I won't, I won't give away too much yet. But, um, <laughs> you remember the show clock folks, they grow up so fast. These guests of mine. I love it. No, you're right. We are going to get into more of that. We are going to hear all about that. We will step aside, take our first commercial break. We are sponsored tonight by Tiny and Sons Auto Glass. Tiny and Sons, if you need your windshield replaced, they will come to you. And let's take a little listen now. We'll be right back with more People's Truth when we come back. That first Thanksgiving, the pilgrims held it outdoors. Turkeys were abundant. And to be polite about it, easily procured. And the game would have been roasted on spits of open fires. The actual feasting would have been outdoors, at a term we now call social distance. The pilgrims invented the backyard cookout. And in this time of COVID, it may be the best way to celebrate with our family and friends. Ever think about roasting a turkey over an open campfire? I bet the kids would love to help you. Of course, the really big bird is roasting away in the kitchen, while the harvest tables are being set up outside. I'm Peter Brown from Tiny and Sons Glass in Pembroke and Plymouth. Happy Fresh Air Thanksgiving to you and your family, from ours to yours. I'm Miles Standish, and I approve this message. I hope Priscilla comes. In the year 2020, a powerful replica of the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. will be permanently displayed at the Veterans Memorial Bicentennial Park in Fall River for veterans, families, and visitors from our local area, as well as all of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. The wall will honor the men and women who made the heroic and ultimate sacrifice in Vietnam. Help us make this very special memorial a reality. Please visit VietnamMemorialWall.org. Brockton Iron and Steel wants your scrap metal. Brockton Iron and Steel has new owners who want to earn your trust and your business. If you're an HVAC contractor, plumber, electrician, or homeowner looking to get rid of some metal and make some extra cash, remember that Brockton Iron and Steel offers competitive prices. They keep a clean yard so your tires are safe. And they have you drop on cement, not dirt, to make things easier with your scrap metal. Also, Brockton Iron and Steel has one of the easiest yards to get into and out of. Take Route 123 to Court Street to Freight Street. Dropping off your junk 
leaving with your money couldn't be easier. They also offer roll-off container service at your location. Stop by and meet the new owners of Brockton Iron and Steel Monday through Friday, 7 to 4, and Saturday, 7 to noon at 45 Freight Street in Brockton. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. People's Truth here on 95.9 FM WATD. We are talking truth. We're talking journalism tonight, and we're talking about how to keep it alive with our friend here, Nate Holman, who is joining us here on behalf of Dig Boston and the Boston Institute of the Nonprofit Journalism. We're going to hear a little bit more about that. So, Nate, welcome back, sir, and thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, thank you. I cannot... Uh express my gratitude enough and i also have to take a moment to give you props man because this is uh this is from one diy to another this is uh quite the quite the endeavor you're setting forth on i'm, I'm gr very grateful to be here absolutely appreciate the kind words my friend and you're always welcome here everyone's welcome here that's the whole point of the show so let's spread the word folks let's get it out there take a listen join in eventually we're going to have all kinds of cool things going on wait till you guys hear some of the segment ideas i have and just some of the monday night routines now that we are just going to completely revamp so nate thank you for helping be one of those building blocks right here on a strong foundation episode two buddy appreciate you uh, I, um, again, very honored. Um, and kind of part of the, uh, the blessing of career of, of journalism is the ability to help out friends of mine who are doing these incredible things that, uh, you know, they're in the middle of it. So they don't get to get the bigger picture of how cool or unique their endeavors are. Um, and a lot of, some of my favorite stories I've ever written uh, just landed in my lap. For example, um, in an apartment I used to live in Alston, uh, the, my downstairs neighbors were ripping up all the, you know, junk hot water heaters and whatnot out of our basement. And I was like, guys, what are you doing? And I said, we're going to take this stuff up to the scrap metal, up to the scrap metal yard in Chelsea. We're going to trade it in for cast iron radiators, and we're going to bash them up. And we're going to melt them down so we can do ironworking uh, sculptures in the Mass Art Courtyard. And I said, has any... Uh, you have permits for that guy? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they have an agreement with the city, but... Um, kind of like a permit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have the okay to do it. Um, but I, I said, has anybody... That was my first question. I was like, how, do you, how are you guys doing this? Uh, you know, they got to melt down cast iron at... 3,000 degrees. So, yeah, what we do is uh, we take all this st stuff and go up to Chelsea Scrapyard and then we're going to go buy uh, a bunch of Coke. I said, I'm not rolling. They said, no, 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 no not cocaine Coke. It's byproduct from coal. Uh, <laughs> what? I've never yeah. heard of that either. I'd be like, whoa, 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 pal, we're a family show. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, and that's like, because I was all ready to go with them, and then they're like, ah, we're going to go buy a Coke and Chelsea. I was like, no, nah, I'm not rolling. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's this byproduct of, uh, of, of coal. It's, it's not a narcotic. And so our friends are all making these cast iron statues, and they don't realize that nobody else in, like, in the world of academia, like, this is the only state school that, 
was doing something like this. And uh, but like I said, they, they're in the middle of it. They're the ones doing this project. They're the ones on the deadline and they aren't looking at it from the big picture. That is, there's all these colleges in the greater Boston area and they're the state school doing it. That's crazy. I mean, that, that whole story there. So that ended up being one of your bigger stories that you've written? What, what, like how did it end up spinning that way? I mean, it was big enough, but it was it was just such a uh, it's it's just like a, a it's gift, not just a gift that it was wrap a big story, but it was a big story that I never planned for. Uh, it just fell in your lap like that, and it was like, well, okay, if this is what we're rolling today. Well, if there's if there's a message I can give to the the listeners, it's that if you if there is an opportunity to do something, take it. Um, you know, so. It, it'll take you as far as uh, as far as chance provides. Um, uh, you know, it's the 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 beauty of doing things like research in order to uh, you know provide fact for the public is um, throughout my career I've written all about like you know cops crime blood, gore, if it bleeds, it leads, blah, blah, blah. One of my most successful stories I've ever written was about how Charles River area is, like, infested with bunny rabbits. Bunny rabbits? Yeah, they're everywhere. And it, I wrote this story in the middle of a very grim span of news, and it's just like, God, we can't just keep bludgeoning people with these horror stories and these sorrow stories. We have to do something different. And <laughs> Anybody got something happy? Anything happy? Right, exactly, and uh, it, it's something that not only is it happy and positive, but it's happening right, right in people's eye, like right in eye view. Um, and so I started getting this weird thing that you rarely get in journalism, which was like appreciation mail. Usually, you get hate mail, and yeah, that is pretty like, rare. Congratulations, first of all, on that. Yeah, right. It, it was a unicorn. Trust me, it doesn't happen that often, um, but. Uh, it it was just one of those it was just one of those things um what and probably the best example of just things just landing on you and taking this opportunity that shows up is the work that i've had the uh incredible experience of being a part of in this uh podcast called boston venue the channel story which is uh totally and completely south shore rooted so it fits to this listenership perfectly. Um, the family who owns Pizza Box in Hull, uh, they are these two, the two brothers used to own this nightclub in Boston called The Channel, which was essentially the CBGBs of Boston in the era. Um, it, it had literally everything. Um, it was voted like the, one of the best metal clubs in Boston and one of the best reggae clubs at the exact same time, which is... That, that's uh, an odd split of category. Yeah, exactly. But that was their goal. They wanted to be the place that everybody... Like, they wanted to have something for everyone. And so a weekly roster at that club could have featured everything from an old blues guy... Uh, a reggae band, a soul group, and then on the weekend there would be, I mean, in, I think it was 84, 85, 
uh, Metallica played there and they got their van st- or their gear stolen out of the parking lot. Uh, Metallica had their gear stolen out of their van in the parking lot playing at the channel in Southie. In Southie. Well, um, you know. <laughs> but, right, exactly. But, <laughs> Life goes uh, on. The But at the same time, it was also the same venue that um, uh, it was the last place that Roy Orbison ever played before he died. No, there's a claim to fame. Right, exactly. Um, and so uh, the family, the guy who produces this podcast, his name is Harry Boris, and um, he tells this, this story from 1980 to 1992. There was this incredible venue, and all of these people have all these incredible memories of going to shows there. Um, one of my friend's, in the journalism world, his name is Cosmo Mosero, and I just happened to offhandedly mention that I was part of this project, and he said, oh, I was a bouncer there in 1988, and uh, uh, Iggy Pop recorded a a live album in, like, June, and then in July, Rick James did a back-to-back night. (laughs) Wow. You don't see that too very often. I mean, if I could get into a time machine and just pick one of those shows, I'd I'd go see Rick James. Probably, Uh, yeah. (laughs) What a choice, though. We'll have to put that up as a poll on Facebook later. Which one would you go back in time to see? James Brown is in that list. Um, But it was also a nucleus for the uh, 80s punk rock and hardcore scene. And so my friend who I mentioned, Nancy Brill, her husband was a guitar player for SSD Control, who was like one of the founding fathers of, uh, you know, hardcore punk rock. And she put me in contact with uh, Ian Mackay of Minor Threat and Fugazi. And for me, we're talking about a guy whose music I started listening to on the back of the bus in seventh grade because some older kid was like, here, you're a loser. You need this album. The kid did someone a favor. Well, yeah, and so, like, just these incredible, uh, I mean, that that was one of those things. It was like, I'm talking to this guy, talking about all this incredible backstory, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I take a moment, like, oh, my God, I have <laughs> one of the five most influential musicians in my entire life. Um, and so the channel had this great run until the Italian mob from Providence headed by Cadillac Frank Salemi, walked in and said, uh, you guys don't own this place anymore. And the two brothers said, yeah, you're right, we don't. Um, hey, no, you're right, you're right, facts. Uh, and, but they had a business partner who stayed on to work with the mob, and uh, they offed him in 92, and his body wasn't found until like the early 2000s. And that's why the brothers couldn't tell the story of the channel because they didn't really want to bring the negative attention to their, uh, you know, livelihoods. And so Frank Salemi is on trial for this murder and for all these other federal charges that are all mob related. And the brothers are supposed to testify against him. And magically these two cars caught fire in the middle of the night in the parking lot of pizza box. I wonder if it was uh, yeah, faulty wiring, maybe. Probably faulty wiring. Uh, from the article I read in the Patriot Ledger, the fire marshal knew exactly what it was and exactly why it was. But um, yeah, no, this this incredible 
it's this incredible uh, experience because it's a passion project, like not getting paid to do this. Um, and, you know, I post on Facebook or any of the social media outlets like, hey, does anybody remember the channel, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I get this deluge from people like, oh, I met my husband there. Oh, I saw, you know, like you name it. I saw Bim Scala Bim there. I saw, uh, you know, oh, I got my teeth punched out in the pit there, blah, blah, blah. What an honor. Right, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was, it was this dirty, dirty nightclub in South Boston that was like one of the most celebrated reggae clubs in the United States. And like, uh, uh, like it was one of the first places I think Run DMC ever played. And like uh, two live crew started a riot there because they weren't supposed to be able to play in Boston. But that's, you know, the channel said, no, you're, you're playing. Um, but like, Get out there, kid. There's like this great story. I don't even remember offhand who told me it, but they're like, yeah, I was hanging around. It was rock and roll show. These bands were pretty cool. And then the headliner steps up. I'd never heard of him before. It was Alice in Chains. And six months later, they're like the biggest rock and roll band out there. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, no, I'd never heard of him before. Like, oh, what is this? Alice in Chains. I wonder who she is. Um... <laughs> I had to let it sit for a second. That was beautiful. Well done. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, and so, uh, this podcast of ours has been nominated for the last two years for the Boston Music Awards for Podcast of the Year, and um, it's something that's like I, I don't even care if we win it. I would love to, obviously. Uh, I, I could. <clears throat> I'm never going to turn that one down. But it does not matter to me because. Uh, we're we're telling all these people's like these people have all these incredible memories and uh it's just it's not something that it's not something that comes around every day no and it's not something all of a sudden all these people who uh, you, you see oh this is a straight laced person they probably haven't had that much of a wild existence and then all of a sudden they're telling you about seeing all these crazy shows there and like, oh my God, you were you were there for that? Like, did you realize where you were at that moment in time? So, uh, that's how we all feel in 2020, man. Well said. Yeah, and like, it's just, but this is just a guy on the South Shore living in Hull right now who is putting this podcast together in his basement. And I would be lying if I said that I knew who he was or what the story was about this club until I got in on it. And then all of a sudden I realized that like th there are those moments, you know, it from your experiences where you kind of pause and you're like, Oh wow. I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Right. Is this happening right now? Is this real life? Right. Is this what it's, it's supposed to feel like when you're doing good work? Right. And it's just lessons that I learned from my friend and mentor, Chris Ferrone. Um, he, one of the coolest stories of his career is he was interviewing uh, Slain, the rapper, and about an album that he put out. And uh, I think this was in the Herald back in the day. And Ben Affleck read the interview, called Slain up and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this movie we're putting together, uh, Gone Baby Gone? And then the, he was uh, one of the lead roles in The Town. And it was all from an interview that he did with 
my friend. That's awesome. Great movie, by the way. We had the director, Michael Yeba, on the station uh, a few months back. Um, he's actually been a great, uh, a great friend and sponsor in the, uh, the fight in uh, drug awareness and recovery, more to the point. I mean, the guy does a, a lot of speaking, so a great movie, folks. If you haven't seen it, you need to. It's about as classic Boston crime as possible, and I, uh, one of the things I talk about with my friends whenever we talk about that movie is uh, Jeremy Renner's performance because he plays an authentic Massachusetts psychopath. He's one of those people that's like, I've never met that guy, but I know that guy, and growing up, my parents said, you can't hang out with that guy. <laughs> yeah, we all know that guy. That's him, officer. That's that's the two-armed man. Yeah, I'd just stay away from him, too. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know um, what? That's actually, I'm going to hold it right there just real quick. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we are going to hear more from Nate and more from all kinds of stories from the channel and the Institute of Journalism. We're going to hear more about that. Coming up in just a few minutes, you've been listening. 95.9 FM, WATD, The People's Truth. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. People's Truth, 95.9 FM, WATD. Benny Rabbi, your host here. We are joined on the program this evening by Nate Holman. He is a journalist with Dig Boston and also here on behalf of the Institute of Journalism. Nate, you were telling us a little bit more about the channel podcast. What is something that you want the people to know about this podcast. What makes it, besides the obvious to us, so special that someone who maybe didn't grow up in the area, maybe has no idea what this place was all about, why should they go take a listen and why do you recommend it? I mean, if you like <clears throat> you like any stories of uh, incredible live music, mafia stories, uh, city politics, um, and just the travels of the average Joe, it really is just this magnificent experience. Um, and again, uh, born and bred out of, out of the South shore, out of Hull. Um, and just, these are the stories that your neighbors have. Like if you just, if you take the time to get to know your neighbors, you get the time to talk about where they've been or where, what they've experienced in this life. You realize that they are far more interesting than just that person you see, like, you know, throwing out the garbage or, you know, mowing the lawn. Act casually, maybe naturally. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Well, I mean, you know, I used to eat at that pizza place, too, that you were mentioning. I don't know if it was the same time frame, but great pizza, regardless of the stories, I'll tell you that. So uh, a little tip of the hat to the owners on that one. Now, uh, you were saying you're up for the award. Is that, is that uh, voting process still on, or is that already closed? I think the polls have closed, but I promise you that it is not the primary form of voting that I've been paying attention to of late. And which form have you been paying attention to? Well, um, well, obviously, I'm not going to bore the people with what's going on in the presidential race. But um, over the course of uh, heading into the November election, the biggest story... I think for when it comes to ballot initiatives was the right to repair act. Yes. And, a huge bill too. Yeah, no. And, um, being able to write an article on behalf of mom and pop shops that, uh, would have been crushed if the right to repair act didn't pass. Um, 
just talking about people's actual livelihood and how the big auto industry was on the verge of crushing your local mechanic shop. Um, it was something that uh, I, I was, I, you try as hard as you can in my field to write as objectively as possible, but the number one issue that the big auto industry was pushing about Right to Repair Act was that they were, uh, there's, there's new technology coming out. Your car has a computer in it. I did not know that. Um, they are developing these wireless uh, devices and these wireless software and the local mom and pop shops weren't going to have access to that software and to these devices. The big auto industry had a patent on them and they were trying to get voters to vote against the Right to Repair Act, which was question one on the ballot, because they were trying to convince people that anybody could get your data and you could be uh, you, you could you'd be a victim of stalking and they could somebody could access your car and shut it down midway through your drive to the grocery store. And if you've ever been to a big auto dealer, at no point would you ever get the sense that they actually care about your well-being so long as you are, you know, just... Paying your bill. Exactly. Pay your bill, then we care. Right. And so I was just sort of, I got the chance to just talk to your most, your, your mechanic, the guy who is up the street from you, who, you know, his entire livelihood was at stake. And uh, the ability to advocate for those types of people, that that's when I, when if I ever write in an unbiased fashion, it's to advocate for those who need to be stood up for. Absolutely. And that's very noble of you to do because that's not something that a lot of people would even take the time to think of. Uh, as it is the rat race of life, most of us are just trying to get through the day, one in, one out, and just get it over with. But some of us, like yourself, take the time to stop and say, hold on a second, hold on a second. I can help a couple people along the way here. You know, and that's that's an amazing thing. We need more of that in this world. And that's another one of those points of the show is to show the world that it's not all the bad that you keep constantly seeing on the news and in social media. There are still good people out there, but you don't hear about them because good people don't typically gloat. It's not something that you'll find very often. And if they are gloating, they're probably, once you look a little closer, not as good as they say. <laughs> not that it's a, it's a competition. It's not a, a level of which you're being measured. But humanity, folks, it's the only thing we all got left. You know, let's share that. It's a, Nate, what are your thoughts on that? Can we bring the humanity, the census, this hubris of the people's minds together? I believe so, but I believe it's done very much so on a macro scale. Um, and one of the one of the ways that I try to do that in my career is um, I wrote a piece about the track that's least traveled on the MBTA system. Um, we were looking through state records about which train stops have the most people coming through day in day out, and we saw that there was one that had 16 riders every single day. Was, That's it. Was one of them Charlie? Uh, no, I don't even think Charlie would know where this place was. It uh, was in Plimptonville in Walpole. And so 
uh, editorial team said, go find this place, go talk to these people. And if you were in my position, if you were like me, you, I drove past this train stop, this this uh, commuter rail stop, probably three or four times because it looked like a pull-off for like a DPW. It did not have any of the symptoms of a train stop on a major metropolitan uh, transit system. And I got to talking to these people who they see each other every single day because there's only two times where this train stops at Plimptonville. It's seven in the morning and it's probably like 7.30 at night. And so these people do this thing that people at train stations don't normally do, which is interact and get to know each other. And uh, it was just remarkable to, to, to see this, this one train stop getting so many, or just like this, it's in Plimptonville. Where, where is that? And I bust uh, up my map here to find out, folks. I'll let you know when I find it. It's on the uh, it's on the banks of the river, uh, the Pawsa River, and it has this incredible historical uh, past behind it. Um, but uh, it's out on the. Uh, I think it's out on like the Franklin line, I think. But um, okay, okay, that's that sounds. You're right. I definitely would not have even realized there was a commuter line out that way. Well, I mean, it'll take you to Foxborough, but it'll go past Plimptonville, and you will not notice. Um, it has like two or three round trips a day, um, and so it's it's like. Uh, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the woods. It is in the mud of the banks. And uh, yeah, so one of the guys I said, uh, I, one of the people I remember they quote. They said I explained people as a swath of dirt in the woods with some concrete on it. Um, and uh, interesting it, choice of words. <laughs> well, I mean, it really was. It was like uh, it went all the way through like West Walpole and. Dedham, the Blackstone area, and uh, it, it just sort of fell by the wayside. It used to be like a very industrial and like uh, farming, uh, you know, pretty important for that, for those two industries. And then as they went by the wayside, um, you know, this train stop still sticks around because of these these, these dedicated 16 riders, but uh, if they miss that morning train, they got to walk about a mile and a half to the nearest station. And like I said, it's in the woods. There's no, there's no sidewalk here. Woof. I've heard of CC rider, but not like that. You want to make really sure you're was. on that one. No, you, you sit there and you say, Oh, this is why there's all those old timey blues songs about a dude waiting for a train. Sweet Mary, just waiting for that train to come home. I tell you what, well, Nate, we're going to hear more about that, but we got to take our last commercial break of the evening. I can't believe how fast time is just flying by already. But we'll be back with a little bit more from our guest, Nate Holman of Dig Boston, and we're going to hear some more about all the fun stuff going on. We'll be right back. You've been listening to The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM WATD. Stay tuned. FM WATD. Benny Rabbi, your host. You're listening to The People's Truth. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Just about 10 minutes left in the program. 
Folks, if you want to hear more about the episodes we have or re-listen to an episode you might have missed, you can do so at Podbean, thepeoplestruth33.podbean.com. We're on Instagram, thepeoplestruth33, and on Twitter, ptruth33. I know they grabbed that last Twitter handle on me, and I just like, you know what? Fine. I'm not even going to fight it. Twitter, you can have it. We'll just switch it up. Uh, but we are joined with our guest tonight, Nate Holman. He's been telling us all kinds of great stories about the world of journalism and how journalism has been keeping the truth alive. Now, one more question I did want to ask you, Nate. What do you recommend when folks have the choice between the big mass media system or those local outlets? Obvious choice for me, but let's hear it from you. Well, people do have a lot of beef with agenda-driven material. And if anybody has ever, if you sit down with a pen and paper, take note of what they say on cable news, like major mainstream cable news, and then compare it to your local like sports radio station, they're exactly the same. It's just not sports teams. It's like political figures. It's my team versus your team. It does not do anything to inform, and it doesn't do anything to actually advocate for the local, you know, the the average folk of this of whichever community they're trying to uh, basically sell their uh, their mission to. Absolutely, it seems like everything turns into a sales pitch at some point or another. Uh, thankfully, that's not the truth. The, the truth or the case with everything, and I think that's what helps local markets stand out to their listeners. And that's I certainly what's made the WATD news team successful over the last forty-four years. And rocking and rolling, Christine James runs a tight ship as the news director. And you know, like we said, the Edward R. Murrow Awards—they don't come easy, but they do come to us. And uh, hopefully for you and your organizations as well moving forward. And I know you said you're, you're not in it for the glory. You're in it for the truth. And we appreciate that. Who are some of the honorable mentions for you, Nate, along the way? None of this happens without. You know, who, who is important to you in your life that has really helped you out? Well, I've already uh, shoveled the praise on for uh, my head editor, Chris Ferrone, uh, Jason Paramus, his uh, partner, at the dig and at the Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism. Um, a former professor of mine, uh, Donna Halper, um, among all, she's a radio historian who I think would be a fantastic uh, guest on this program. Um, also the person who discovered Rush, the rock and roll band. Uh, their first four albums are dedicated to her. Um, obviously I could do the uh, award ceremony speech and you know, Thank mom, thank thank dad, thank stepdad, thank sister, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, the more than anything else, um, I, I, I would not be successful in this career without friends, without connections, without uh, the people who I've shown authentic self to, I mean, Look no further than our connection. We, you know, we've been friends and since elementary school. Uh, you just never lose touch with the good people in your life, and uh, doors will open in ways that you never predicted. 
It's true. It's, it's so true. I mean, if you had even said about a year ago, hey, you and Nate are going to sit down and have a conversation on air, on 95.9 WATD, I would have been like, that's cool. How is that working, though? I would feel bad for anybody that has to listen. <laughs> hey, we did a good job today. We didn't do too badly. They, they haven't come in and take the license away from us. We must be doing something right. And you know what? If we made so much as one person smile out there listening, we did our job, Nate. That's that's more than I could hope for. <laughs> right. Now, uh, I did also want to give one honorable mention. I'm not sure if he's listening right now or not, but you know a mutual friend of mine that uh, we, we didn't set this up at all. You uh, you got, went down to the boxing ring one day, and sure enough, here was this six-foot-tall fellow with blonde hair, and, uh, you know, want to give Alex a little uh, shout-out on this one. How, is, how, is he, how has he been for you? Well, uh... He's too big to beat the pulp out of me, so he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, don't give him a chance because he'll try. <laughs> no, he's I, a good I, guy. <laughs> I know how to lose a fight. I, I stay on his good side. <laughs> right. I worked alongside Alex for uh, a little over two years, and I agree with you. He's a better friend than an enemy. I'll give him that any day, Alex. If you're listening, we love you, buddy. It's all about it. Um, so in wrapping up, we only got about five, six minutes left here. Nate, how can folks find the channel? How can they find the dig? How, how can they find all of it? So uh, for the channel story is on every uh, podcast platform there is. Um, our website is uh, thechannelstory.com. Um, for Dig Boston, ours is uh, digboston.com. Um, there's all different types of membership programs where you can uh, subscribe and get our print edition delivered to you, our digital edition available. And then if you're out and about in the Boston area, anywhere around uh, train stops, that's out there for free. Um, and so are most of our partners at the Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism. Um, they include uh, the Alternate, the Bay State Banner, El Planeta, um, Muck Rock, Killer Boombox, The Advocate, uh, Watertown Tab, Worcester Magazine, uh, The Shoestring out in Hampshire County. Uh, we have this incredible network of very dedicated, uh, very dedicated newsrooms that their goal is to tell the people's story from a ground level. Um, we uh, we want we don't. We try not to care too much for um, all the the chaos of the national uh, conversations. We try to talk to everybody, uh, you know, your local fisherman, your local mechanic, uh, some someone who is doing charity work for uh, addiction. Um, trying to trying to actually get the story of those who are right there in our communities out there in order to promote, you know, the good in what is around. Um, it's too easy to go for the negative. It's too, uh, it's too divisive. It's, it's, it, it does not move the conversation forward. It does not benefit anybody to have just uh, my team versus your team. You guys are the enemies mentality. 
That's absolutely correct. And and that's why we founded this show, The People's Truth, to shatter those barriers and show people, you know, there are still good, caring people out there. And that's one of the ways that you can find out more about them. So once again, folks, you can reach out to Nate. Can they get to you directly, Nate, if they have something they'd like you to research? Or is that, how, how is the best channel for folks to, no pun intended, the best channel for folks to reach out to you? On Twitter, I'm at Nate underscore Homan. Um, and on Facebook, you look me up, Nate Homan, you'll find uh, I'm up I'm up on there usually trying to shout, shoot my mouth off in the most educated way possible. Um, and then just look through uh, the Dig Boston sites and uh, the Boston Institute Nonprofit Journalism sites. You can check out the channel story on any, you know, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, otherwise... Yeah, if you're on the T, you can uh, pick up our uh, free weekly paper out uh, in the black dig boxes. That's awesome. So they are very readily available. That's awesome. Well, Nate, thank you so much for joining us here on The People's Truth. It's been a real pleasure being able to sit down and talk with you like this. And just we, uh, we were, we're looking forward to hearing more from you. And maybe we can get this little... Uh, team formed and we can start doing the media partnerships and help each other out because it sounds like we're both talking the same good mission and sounds like that's what this world needs more of my brother it has been a pleasure absolutely there he is thank you so much nate we'll catch up with you another time and absolutely nate homan dig boston a binge oh man just great time to be around you know what else is great here as we get ready for the 10 o'clock hour mikey g has stepped into the studio. Hey, Mikey, what's going on, buddy? I'm so excited to be here. I know, right? <laughs> we never get to do crossovers real life on the air. I love I love uh, The Dig. Uh, I love Binge. I love uh, all that stuff. So uh, good good work. Absolutely. Good you know, stuff. We're just furthering the truth. We're saving as many people as we can with it. And, you know, thankfully, it looks like humanity has a chance still. As a, uh, Yes. One of our I- listeners on the all-new WMEX called in earlier and said, you know, the sun came up. Maybe there is hope for us. <laughs> I completely agree. It's a, it's a, just a little bit of a different kind of Monday today. Just a little different Monday. Well, I know a certain Monday, Monday that's in for some Mikey G and some Americana Rama. I love these crossovers, Mikey. This is good. This is this is good. A bright future on Monday nights. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. This is Benny Rabbi. I'm going to step aside here. You have been listening to The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM. W-A-T-D. Tune in next week for more. Thank you to our guest, Nate Holman, and we will catch you on the flip side. Be safe, be well, and stay true out there, folks.